a very good church in a lot of ways. If we're not careful, we're losing it. And all it takes is to do nothing. You don't have to do anything to lose You just have to quit trying. You have to quit laboring. You have to quit pressing towards these things. When you get back to that, it's all to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our priority in this church is to take the Lord Jesus Christ and lift Him up to Christians and to the lost. Sometimes we get in our minds that we don't need to keep God on the throne of our hearts. Sometimes we don't need to realize that He has the preeminence in all things. That He is the head of all things. And we just think, well, we're supposed to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ to those that are lost. And we are. But what about our hearts? Does he sit on the throne of my heart? Does he sit on the throne of yours? Does he have first place in every aspect of my life? Or are there some things I reserve to keep for myself? He must increase. Look with me in John chapter 12. John chapter number 12. Jesus said this in verse 32. He said, And I have lifted up from the earth to draw all men unto me. And I tell you this, we, we bring people to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ by lifting them up and exalting them and letting people see the Savior that you and I have. Talking about Him all, every time we get opportunity. Sharing with others about Him every time we get opportunity. That we would lift Him up from the earth. I know this is prophetically speaking of His crucifixion, but can I tell you this? We need to lift Him up. We need to make Him the primary focus of our life. My, my Christian life is not about me. It's about Him. My walk, my walk with God is not about me. When I come to God in prayer, I, I do this so often and I catch myself. And, and God brings such heavy conviction sometimes on my heart of us that when I come to God in prayer through my, my personal time with Him, so often I make the entire time all about me. God, I need this, or I want this, or Lord, help me in this area. There are times I need to come to God and make it about Him. Lift Him up in my heart. Let him be exalted once again. Let him be on the throne of my heart. When I hear some of these folks that I have read in Nehemiah today, and when he began his prayer, he extolled the God of heaven. He gave him his rightful place first before he even came to the prayer. And I don't know about you, but I catch myself often making it all about me and not lifting him up the way that I want to. Look with me in James chapter 4. James, James chapter, chapter number 4. John says we must increase. increase. And we need and we to lift him up, but we also need to decrease. James, James chapter number 4. <coughs> James deals with this in verse number 10. He says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. That makes no sense to a human. You know that? The way to get lifted up is to put yourself down and humble yourself. That doesn't make any sense, does The difference is when we lift ourselves up, it's us lifting us up. But when we humble ourselves, it's the Lord Jesus Christ lifting us up. All of a sudden, the power is there. All of a sudden, the excitement is there. The joy is there. 
the, the, the ability, ability to be used by him to reach people with the gospel is there. When there's a humbleness of spirit, look with me at First Peter. First Peter deals with the same topic in chapter number five and verse number five. First Peter chapter five and verse number five says this: Likewise, younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. All of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with what? With what? Humility, Humility. for God God resisteth the proud. proud. Can I tell you, pride pride is our our biggest issue. issue. And it is. is. And we need to do everything everything we can to get it out of our lives. lives. Because God God resists the pride. pride. But notice notice it says this, and give give grace to the humble. humble. That's what I want. Humble Humble yourselves, yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, God, that He might exalt you in due time. time. So what do we do? How do we get back? This 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 idea idea of the 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 walk with God, being a powerful walk with God, God, and and pressing toward the mark and growing daily. How do we get back there? Look with me, if you will. I believe there's several things in the Scripture. But I think the primary one we find over and over throughout Scripture. Look with me in the book of Jonah, in the Old Testament, chapter number 2. Jonah, chapter number 2. If there was anybody that had gotten away from the Lord, you'd have to say with Jonah. If there's anyone that was doing his own thing, and not being as yielded and submitted to the Lord as he should have been, I think we'd have to agree with Jonah. I mean, God told him specifically, I want you to do this, and Jonah went and did the exact opposite. How did Jonah get back? Notice in verse number 1 of chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried. By reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly tell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. The Bible says here that he prayed. Not only did he pray, he was crying. There was, there was the idea, not, not necessarily of the shedding of tears, but the crying of the voice, the crying of the heart. The longing of the heart desiring. I'm reminded of the disciples when they were crossing the Sea of Galilee and the storm came up. And Jesus was there, and, and the disciples said, The Lord save us. We perish. It wasn't just a token prayer. It wasn't just asking God. But it was a crying of the heart. The Lord, if you don't do this, we're going to perish. And when it comes to our walk with God and having the power of God in our lives, it needs to be something that we don't just ask Him for as a token of our Christian life, but something that we cry for and that we long Say, Lord, if I don't have this, then my life is going to go down the And our church is going to suffer. I must have that. I must have the power in my life. Look with me, Psalm 107. We can find this example given over and over and over again that when men are in their lowest point, when men are in their greatest need, they cry to the Lord. Look with me in Psalm 107 that the psalmist writes, Don't give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy is doing forever in that great state. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's another good statement. 
whom he had redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and therefore gathered them out of the place from the east and from the west and the north and south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. They're at the point of despair. Notice what it says in verse 6. Then they what? They cried unto the Lord in their trouble. I'm not talking about just saying, Lord, bless this situation. I'm talking about coming. In the Bible, a lot of times they would come. The Bible refers to it as coming in sackcloth and ashes. That's the kind of thing. They would come to them with fasting. That's the kind of thing. The fervency. Lord, I must have this. I must have this. Notice he says, as we get on down in verse number 7 of Psalm 107, And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works for the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Isn't that good? I'm so glad of that. Such as sit in the darkness and the shadow of death, men bound with affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and condemned the counsel of His Most High. Therefore He brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Notice verse 13. Again, that group of people that are in despair. It says, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And guess what? For the second time, He helped them again. And by and the by way, way, you can you read, read this, this psalm, you'll find that four different groups of people get to the point of despair in their lives where there is no place to look it up. And they cry unto the Lord in their despair, and every single time He answers and comes to them in their trouble. I saw something this week in reading some things, and it said when you get to the place where God is all you have left, you'll realize He's all you ever need. Here's your problem. We find the disciples were in a life or death situation. I mean, they were in absolute distress. Their lives were getting ready to be forfeit. Jonah, in the belly of the whale, doesn't know if he's going to survive. I read an article a couple weeks ago. Did y'all see that? Where the, the fisherman got swallowed by the whale. Did y'all see that? Survived for 30 seconds inside his mouth. These people say he couldn't have even, Even if that, that hadn't happened, happened, I believe it happened because God, God said it. Right. Jonah, Jonah, could you imagine? Man, this man told me. They, they, they interviewed him. He survived. They interviewed him. He said, I didn't. He said, I thought of my voice. I didn't think I was going to make it. Could you imagine what Jonah thought after three days in there? I mean, Jonah's in distress. He's distraught. He's at the lowest point he can get. The Bible says he cried and cried over the we read in Psalm 107, and if you look at the examples given in Psalm 107, every one of them are in the point of despair at the lowest point they can get. Here's our problem. We need to get to a point in our life that if we do not have God's power in it, we are at the lowest point we can get. We don't seem to put that much importance on God's power in our life. And it's evidenced by how how we cry cry unto the Lord. Lord. We pray for it like we're praying for our food. And if we're not careful, we'll lose it. We'll lose it. Can I encourage you today? 
we all go through, through these times, times there's no doubt. No doubt. Charles, Charles Spurgeon, Spurgeon who, was who was known as known the Prince, Prince of Preachers, preachers. tremendous in the music of the Lord. Lord. Both, both cosmos, cosmos here and here over in Europe, Europe and even up into Asia, Asia a little bit. bit. Such an impactful preacher over the years. years. If you take time time to read Spurgeon Spurgeon and his sermons, sermons, his wife, thankfully we have almost almost every sermon that Spurgeon Spurgeon ever preached in writing because his wife was so careful to make sure she reported them and wrote them down. Charles Charles Spurgeon, if you take time to look at the theme of most of his preaching, it's always for the souls of men and for the joy of the Christian life. Almost without exception, you'll find those two themes in his preaching. And he was noted by his friends as a man that had the great joy of God in his life. But his wife wrote this. There were seasons that my beloved's anguish was so deep and violent that reason seemed to totter on her throne. throne. And we sometimes sometimes feared that he would never preach again. You say, Brother Greg, why would you share that? Because even the strongest Christians, even those that we look at and say are men and women of faith, even men that we look up to and say, what an example of the Christian life, even they, they have the same, same battle in their life. life. And for and us, I think that it can't happen to us. This is to be very naive. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it can't. When was the last time that I longed to have God's power? I've enjoyed the fellowship of I have. I've enjoyed the spirit of our church. But we may not ever feel like our fellowship. And the, and the Spirit, Spirit is what is creates the Spirit here. It is it not is that. that. It is it our work with God that creates that Spirit. Spirit. It is it our power with Him that, that bonds the hearts of His people together. I wonder how often we come back to that point and say, Lord, I don't want to just pray pray how. But I must have. I must have. Something has got to be there. I, as a pastor, I don't like there to ever be a time that I come to hope and don't feel like God's power is there and resting on the message. Sad to say there are times that have happens. But all that God would. Let us get a reset button. Could we do that? And make today that time and say, Lord, I want to get that reset button again. I want to I want to long for your power. I want to pray for you. I want to get up before the services and just like I would brush my teeth to pull my hair, I want to make sure I spend time preparing my heart for the preaching. Oh, that God will do a great work. I was telling somebody this week, I think some of the greatest days of our church are yet ahead of us. This isn't the end. Uh, y'all have heard the lady got buried with her fork in her casket. 
Somebody asked why she got married with a fork because when she was a little girl, her mom would clear the table after supper and said, now hang on to your fork, the best is yet to come. She wanted to get married with a fork so she could give a test testimony. Folks, this was the end. The best is yet to come. And can I tell you this? I think if we could all get a hold of this truth, we could leave here today holding on to our fork. Because I think some of the greatest things that God has for this church and for our hearts are yet ahead of us. Let's stand together, shall we? Father, we pray that you bless us. The message for it's been just just a putting together of some thoughts that have been on my heart this week. Things that you've dealt with me on. It's not a, not a profound message, Lord. There's really nothing in it that was new. I know that our people know this. Father, sometimes we just need to be reminded of it. Lord, may you work in our hearts. May you cause us to desire your power and your strength in our lives, individually, that we would walk with you in such a way that we long for your power to stir us. And then, Father, as we come to this place, that the fruit of that would be a sweet spirit. And the fruit of that would be great fellowship. So, Father, help us, I pray. As we've mentioned, most of the preaching today has been to Christians. Those that have trusted us as their Savior. Father, there could be some here today that never had a time when they put their faith in you. They trust in good works. Maybe they trust us going to church or being baptized. And Lord, those are none of those things that will get us saved. None of those things will take us to heaven. The only thing that will take us to heaven is by putting our faith in what you have already done for us. Fact that you died on the cross. You were buried and you rose again on that third day to pay for the price of sin that we could never pay for. And that if we simply put our faith in you, give us eternal life. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to do so. That we would trust in all that you have done to save us from our sins. If that is the case, if someone's here and never done that before, I pray that today would be the day that they would get that matter service. Lord, for Christians today, I pray that you would help us to hit the reset button. Help us to this recommit our hearts and our lives. And Lord, I'm going to press. I'm going to make the effort. I'm going to strive. And I'm going to cry to you to have the power of your presence fully in our lives. Bless the invitation, Lord, use you as you would seek me. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ted's bowed, please, and I suppose we have a piano for you to play through a verse or two. Invitation that God has spoken to your heart. If you want to pray with you, come forward if you like to pray alone. That would be fine as well. If you'd like to stay in your seat and pray, that's fine also. If you're here and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, can I encourage you to come forward and let us take the Bible and show you how you can be saved. Would you come as a piano and organ begin to play?
others, we close in prayer and pray for you. We bless the message that we've heard today. That you would allow us to not quickly forget them. May you engrave them upon our hearts. And as we leave you here to meditate on them, to think about them, allow them to work and do in our hearts what needs to be done to help us to draw closer to you. Lord, our heart's desire is to draw closer to each and every day, to be used by you, Lord, each and every day to share the gospel with others and to love one another each and every day more than we did the day before. So help us in this area. May your Holy Spirit guide and direct. Dismiss us with your blessings. I pray that you would bless us too. Time of fellowship to follow me. It's a sweet time. It would uh, be helpful to nourish our bodies and strengthen us for your work. And uh, then, Father, bless us at Vacation Bible School meeting. And may it go well. And that we get everything ready in time for it this week. And uh, get all the decorations and things moving. And that you would provide the things that are necessary. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.